Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> you could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. The Horror Movie Podcast is listener-funded by fans like you at Patreon.com. You can find out more at Patreon.com slash The Horrible Movie Podcast. You're listening to the Studio DNA Network, studiodna.media. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in and downloading this episode. Today on the show, we have Scott Bryant. Scott, how goes it, sir? It goeseth well. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> goeseth. Um, Scott is uh, my co-host on the uh, most popular podcast I've ever listened to that's about um, a commute and recorded during that commute, uh, Interstate of Mind. We have a lot of fun on that show. Uh, Scott um, loves to stop with us at gas stations. We always get a delicious beverage, um, a, hot, a sweaty hot dog, as we like to say, off of the rotisserie. They're in every gas station that all doctors tell me not to eat. But what do they know? What do they have? Medical degrees? I'm still sitting here. I'm fine. And then we have uh, producer Phil. Over here, and producer Phil and I, uh, we want to talk briefly uh, about our newest sponsor. Uh, that's right. Um, I've I've really held off on local sponsors. Uh, we've had some other national sponsors, but this is another local sponsor. Uh, but I really, this guy, he he definitely, definitely um, uh, brought the goods. And we're going to go ahead and talk about him today and his uh, great company. Chicken liquidators. That's right. Uh, here he is, Colonel Felton Beauregard V, uh, to tell you about chicken liquidators. Well, howdy, y'all. I'm here today to tell you about the chicken liquidators. That's right. My name is Colonel Felton Beauregard V. And I'm here to tell you, do you want a good deal on some delicious chicken? Or maybe you're in the mood for a, a new hen or possibly a rooster to have as a pet coming around your house. Uh, we got all kinds of chicken, and we got them right here. You want a rotisserie chicken? You want maybe some uh, chicken strips? Maybe, like I said, you need a, a pet maybe for your family, maybe your kid 
needs a friend. Well, we got them all down here at Chicken Liquidators. <laughs> You're saving your money on your chicken. That's right. The chicken is for real. It's kicking, and it is chicken licking good. That's right at Chicken Liquidators. Come on down. Tell them old Colonel Phil Beauregard the this century. They'll throw in an extra chicken leg just for you. Come on now. Call 1-800-CHICKEN. That's right, 1-800-CHICKEN. And we'll uh, send you on down. You will be glad you did. Just off Main Street here in Innertown, USA. And that's right, chicken liquidators. Tell them Felton sent Yeehaw! Scott, that was some phenomenal playing there. Um, I, I really enjoyed your music on Scott that. I'm not Scott, just a pretty face. Well, Scott <laughs> had the best air guitar mandolin I've ever heard in my life. Just great. You know, he was uh, he was chicken in the hen house picking out dough right there on that one. That's Grand for sure. Does your dog bite? No, child, no. <laughs> uh, so today, also another sponsor we want to talk about. Uh, we uh, a, a great listener supporter uh, David Stoltzman sent us a, a care package with uh, literally. A thousand zots in it, basically. Uh, zots candy was uh, brought up and told to us by told uh, told to us about what? What did I just say? Did I just I don't know. Forget what I said. Was saying you're having a stroke right uh, now. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, so Corey Mann from what else with Corey Mann and from Sports Jack and from Pulse. What is it? One oh one point nine. Yeah, Pulse FM. Is Pulse FM. Yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, told us about Zot's candy. And we've been looking for Zot's. David Stoltzman sent us some Zot's. And would you like to have a sample yeah. try here on, on the air? I'm going to try a strawberry. I'm going to try orange. Aren't you glad we're trying orange? And uh, we're going to go uh, to the Twitter while we do this. How about that? Can we do that? Now, I want to savor this. So I might just kind of eat it as we talk. And then I'll you know kind of give my review here in a little bit. Uh, well, let's check this out. We're going to go with Zotz. Zotz candy made in Italy, and it's absolutely delicious. Zotz, check it out. Family fun, family friendly. Zotz. I don't know if they're family friendly. Whoa, it's sour. Yeah, it's sour. I didn't know that. Uh, I can't get my phone to work right. We're going to do this video here. It's going to be great. All right, we're doing a live sample of trying out some Zotz. Corey, ma'am, this one's for you. I got an orange one. Uh, Zots. What's for dinner? Strawberry. I, I think the Scott inside thumbs is, up. Inside is kind of leaking out through the um the Delicious. outer shell. Mm. Zots. Getting sour. Very good. Thanks, Zots, and thanks, David Stoltzman, and thanks, Corey, for telling us about Zots. Uh, right, I'm about to bite. I'm gonna bite into it. Oh gosh! Oh my gosh! That hurts me so much. Mm. Literally, four of his teeth just cracked. Wow. It's like it's it's a lot more juicy like it's like liquid in, on the inside well very good um what do you think about zots i'm addicted man they're addicted all right well very good zots no, pop, pop, it's not like full-on pop rocks it's it's just a light pop rock kind of like kind of feel a yeah. light pop rock mm -hmm. like uh dan fogelberg or like a um <laughs> light pop rock like oh uh Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wing chung tonight. That's like pop rock right there. Everybody eat zots tonight. <laughs> All right. Coming to your elevator near you. No, you know uh, it. Thank or you, David. That, that was very thoughtful. And, thanks, David. Uh, I'm just going to eat zots for the and next couple months. And thanks, Corey Man, for pointing that out to us. Yeah. 
Well, I, I never heard of it. Which, by the way, there's no reason that they shouldn't carry these in Missouri. It says right on the wrapper, manufactured in Italy. Like yeah. It's not even an American candy, so why can't we have it in Missouri? Well, and we should uh, note that Italy and Missouri are, you know, the shipping. Maybe there's a shipping issue. They have it in Indiana, where Corey Mann is, though. All right, so check this oh. out. Um, Scott Bryant. Uh, Angels in the Outfield. When was the first time you remember watching Angels in the Outfield? And what's a factoid about Angels in the Outfield you told me earlier about when it came out? Angels in the Outfield, uh, first time I saw it was I was 12 or 13. So it's been a bit. Mm-hmm. Much water cross under bridge. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, but it came out. Uh, it's one of those movies like we've talked about before who had relatives when it came out. Yes. So the movie Little Big League. Yes which is the statistician's favorite, uh, the stat head's favorite, came out right about the same time, as did the movie Rookie of the Year. Mm, okay. So both, all three of those came out at the same time. Um, have you guys ever heard of the website College Humor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So College Humor did a spoof um, 30 for 30 for Angels in the Outfield. Good. I highly recommend it. You need to look it up. It is spot on. And JP from the movie is in is in that. Neil McDonough, who plays Bass, the pitcher, that's like the... Uh, the guy who comes set four times. He's he's He makes an appearance, but he's a pretty big actor. Neil McDonough's a pretty big actor. Anyway, it's very entertaining. Super, super entertaining. Cool. Um, well, very good. Uh, Angels in the Outfield, I watched it once when I was probably about that, uh, like, you know, in 1994, probably 95 or 96 I watched it, because we didn't I, didn't... I definitely didn't see it in the theater. Um, and... I watched it when I rewatched it for this show with my son Miller, and he loved it. Like, he thought it was great. Which, really? there are aspects of it, and the story of it is really positive and really good and well well done. Um, I don't know theologically how sound it is, uh, but if you're, I guess if you're going to a Disney movie about angels in the outfield for your theological stuff, I don't know that maybe that's the best thing for you to base it on. Maybe it is. Maybe your whole belief system was based on this movie. Um, but yeah, very good. And it did. David Solzman in the live chat did say this, that it came out four weeks before the 1994 players strike. Uh, so it probably would have been helped along by them not going on strike. You know what I'm saying? All right. Phil, when was the last time you saw this movie? Have you seen this movie? I have. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, drop my, um, a little surprise, um, so I actually was on location uh, during the filming of this movie. What? No, no joke. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. So you look it up. Um, they filmed, even though it takes place in Anaheim, it's the Anaheim Angels, yeah. right? Um, they were California Angels. At right? that point, yeah. at that yeah, point, yeah, California yeah. Angels. Um, they filmed it at in Oakland, uh, at the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, okay. Where the A's play, and okay. so I lived in the Bay Area at the time. It was like. Filmed in 1993, probably the year before it came out. And uh, they announced, I forget how we even heard about it. It was in the paper or something like that. But they said that they needed a huge crowd of people for some of the action shots. That makes sense. And so um, it was like a free thing. Like we didn't have to pay anything, but they also weren't paying us. But they were just like, hey, if you want to be in a movie, you can just come show up or whatever. And so my whole family went, like all of us were in the the stands. So when the movie came out, we were like so excited, right? Because we were like, Oh, we're going to see us in the background. You know, like when we get, when it gets to this scene, we knew exactly what scene it was. Cause they told us this towards the end of the movie, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're like, we're like, we got to look for ourselves in the, in the thing. We 
we bought the DVD, like we got so excited, we did the rewind, did the slow mo, whatever. Uh, you definitely cannot see us in any of the shots, the background shots. So, but uh, it was fun. I, I mean, it was cool to just be on set to see all the cameras. Uh, they had like a huge, I remember this is the early nineties. So they had like a megaphone, like a guy like shouting out, you know, commands. Okay. Like when, you know, when we count to three, we, we just want everyone to go wild. It's the greatest thing you've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, like they were, and then the next shot was like, you know, okay. Now like the worst thing that you've ever seen happens. Everyone go boo. Oh uh, my yeah. God. <laughs> so, uh, it was fun. Like, I, I don't think it was very long and we were there for maybe a couple hours, but um, but it was cool. I mean, I was a big A's fan and my, I think that might even been the same year that my parents had season tickets to the A's. And so I was no stranger to the Coliseum, but, um, it was really neat to see something different going on in that, in that stadium. So very cool. Yeah. I, um, like I said, I, I love baseball, uh, but this is not a movie that I just sought out to watch because of, if it's, uh, of it being with baseball, that makes sense. So like, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's the context of Angels in the Outfield. Maybe I just don't like Jason, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Actually, that's not true. He's fine. He's a great in. He's a great actor. Uh, in uh, what's he in? What's the Inception? Great movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. We're gonna come back from our first break, and we'll talk more about the movie. And we're back uh, with um, Scott Bryant, and we're talking Angels in the Outfield. Scott, tell everyone about your favorite actor that's in the movie Angels in the Outfield. There's so many to choose from. I don't know if I can name just one. But for you, <laughs> I will name one. Name me one. Uh, I like the guy uh, who is practically making his debut in this movie. Only his third credited role. That would be Mr. All right, all right, all right himself, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really he plays a baseball player named Ben Williams. You also in this movie, and we'll get into this in a second when we talk about the deets, uh, but you also had Adrian Brody in a very minor role. Wow. But, man, Adrian Brody was big-time Hollywood for a while there. Like, he was kind of the go-to guy, and you see less of him now. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just haven't been paying any attention. Anyway, I think it's time. It is time for some deets. The details of the movie. Angels in the Outfield, a Disney movie. You gotta believe is a tagline, and also it could happen. You get both of them. The top of the poster says, You gotta believe. And then the tagline says, It could happen, which is what JP in the movie says. Um, directed by William Deere. Oh my gosh. Have you ever guys ever met William Deere? He's the nicest guy. You know what he is? A deer. Um, he has directed um, many, many things. Harry and the Hendersons, which no one has ever brought to this podcast, but will at some point, and I want them to, so get on with that. Wild America, starring uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, and oh, a, couple, a couple other things. Yeah, Sandlot <laughs> Heading Home, which is not the actual Sandlot uh, sequel. It's like a really bad one. Man. Anyway, there you go. So, uh, Would you say that he's <laughs> mostly struck out in his career? I would say he is a he's not he's not batting above the Mendoza line, so he's not <laughs> above the uh, two hundred mark on his uh, movies. So, uh, produced by Irby Smith, that's really his name, Irby Smith, Joe Roth, and Roger Birnbaum, um, based on Angels in the Outfield, as written uh, by Dorothy Kingsley uh, and uh, George Wells, not George Orwell, but George Wells, and then um, starring. 
A cast of a mini, Scott. Mini. Danny Glover. Jorson. Jorson Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Brenda Fricker as Maggie. She's the foster mom. What other movie does she play in? Do you remember what movie she was in? She is the bird lady from Home Alone 2. Oh, wow. Um, Tony Danza plays Mel Clark, who we find out a very sad thing later in the movie. You know? It was sad. Miller goes, when when my son goes, what? Oh, oh my gosh. It's so sad. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, And then uh, Christopher Lloyd, who plays Doc Brown, which Miller didn't pick up on that. He loves Back to the Future, and he didn't even make the connection, which is really weird. Hmm. Um, Others, let's see. JP, played by Milton Davis. Uh, Gotta give him credit. Neil McDonough, who's a big-time actor. Who played Whit Bass, who's a weirdo pitcher. Uh, Adrian Brody, um, who uh, in live chat, uh, Truck Stop said that, uh, yeah, Adrian Brody was in Predator, and he was pretty good in Predator. Also with, no, he's not with, not, it's a different Predator, version of Predator, than the one that uh, Danny Glover was in. And then uh, Matthew McConaughey, like you said, made his third appearance in, in a movie, in this movie. And then others. So anyway, there it is. Uh, we're going now. Uh, we've got a release date of July 15th, 1994. This is a Walt Disney production. Um, not a bad running time. 102 minutes. Bearable. And then um, budget of $31 million and it made $50. million. Um, definitely, so, de- definitely not enough to make a sequel. Definitely not enough to make a sequel. And I don't know that the rules would allow for them to make a sequel. Um, now, did you mention that this is a remake movie? From 1954, 51, uh, and a remake. And I, I don't know, it doesn't say it's super, super close. Um, it doesn't stay super close to the original, is what I've read, but it's there are some homage is the, moments. And I, I, I'm asking because I don't know the answer to this question. Is the original movie about angels? Yeah, it's angels. In okay, the so, yeah, and it's baseball related, but it's angels. Yeah, but like there are angels that are helping them. Yeah, in the yeah. in the original. Okay, yeah. they. You know, actually, I, I read a thing where they pitched another uh, a movie sequel idea for this Scott called Demons in the Outfield. Didn't play as well. People didn't want the demons <laughs> to be out there as much. No, I can understand that. Yeah, I. <laughs> That's I almost made another joke. I'm not going to go there. It's it, had to do with the 80, it had to do with the 86 Mets. That's all I'm going to say. But <laughs> All right. There we go. Uh, Scott, I'm going to, unless you want to, I think I'm going to take the 30-second synopsis, unless you want to. I'll allow you to do it. Okay. All right. I didn't know, uh, but I will uh, take the 30-second synopsis challenge, not like the Bird Box challenge or the No Breaks challenge that I've made popular uh, while driving around the Battlefield Mall in Springfield. But the no breaks challenge, and that one, you do have to stop at stop signs. You have to stop at stop signs, and you do have to stop for people. Duh. But I'm saying, how few times can you do you have to hit the brakes when you lap all the way around your local shopping mall? That's the that's the no breaks challenge. You have to use stop signs. You do have to stop, and you have to do everything legal. It has to be legal. But how few times can you hit the brakes? How, few, how few times can you hit the brakes? Seven around the battlefield mall. Wow, seven. Wow. Because there are, there was like five stop signs total, <laughs> and then it was a nighttime situation. Uh, J- uh, Jared Chester and I used to have this conversation a lot. So so he he knows about the no breaks challenge. Really? So, yeah. That's the first I've heard of it. Hashtag no breaks challenge. You should try it on a Black Friday. 
That would be a bad choice. <laughs> That'd be a bad choice because there's lots of people there then. Anyway, all right, I digress. Uh, ready? 30 seconds synopsis. Angels in the outfield, not like its sequel, Demons in the Outfield. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Starring Ozzy Osbourne. That's about, oh no. Uh oh. All right, here we go. Angels in the Outfield, 1994. Ready? Go. Angels in the Outfield, we have uh, a little boy named Joseph Gordon Levitt and his little friend named JP. Uh, they are foster kids. They've got to rely on these angels to save the California angels of Anaheim and make, take them from worst to first to help them win the division because Danny Glover is a tough manager and Matthew McConaughey is a not-so-tough outfielder. Uh, but there's a bad guy, former manager, that's the antagonist of the film in the press box. Uh, and luckily, the angels save the day in the end. It's really, That was a really milk toast. 30-second synopsis. I didn't say much there. Yeah, I'm glad you said it, not me. Nice word of the milk toast, though. Yeah, milk toast was a good vocab word for the day. <laughs> um, very good. Uh, excellent work. When's the next timestamp? 33? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Scate to Hate. Let's talk about the Plate. How about that? <laughs> oh, pretty good. Um, tell us about it. Start us out here. Just, just outline it real quick. So the plot is your typical worst to first kind of movie where you have to, in order to get his family back together, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Roger, prays and for his dad and him to be reunited out of the foster oh, care. So sad, by it's, the way. It's really sad. Uh, and his dad, being kind of a smart Alex, says, if the California Angels win the pennant. And so and his it's pray- all-star break and they're in last place. Yes. Bill. And his prayers do not go unanswered as an angel played by Christopher Lloyd okay. is assigned to make sure that that happens, that they win the pennant. Right on. So the re- the rest of the movie is basically the exploits of the California Angels as previously constructed for the All-Star break being bad, suddenly become good with the help of angels. Let's tear into this, too. The um, uh, You know, the it's unbelievable the sadness that is played out. I'll say this in this movie, I'm watching it and my son, my eight year old is with us and we're sitting here watching this and I'd forgotten how heavy the, it's the, it's the foster care situation and there's Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, Roger and little JP. And then what's the other kid's name? I'm forgetting his name and I don't want to say it wrong. There's another kid that lives in the house as well. And he, uh, he actually gets sent to a fo- another foster home. They're living in a uh, they're living in a short term foster situation until they can be placed in a long term foster situation. Jorson, Joseph Gordon Jorson, Joseph Gordon Levitt has he is in there and his, but his dad his mom is gone right yeah unbelievable his dad doesn't want him basically. Is out doing his own thing. Shows up at the house. He comes home from. Uh, they 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 just live so close to Cal to the Angel Stadium that they drive around the stadium on their bikes. You know mm. what I'm saying? They make like a little pass around. And when they come home, uh, Maggie, the uh, uh, social worker that he lives with, is like, "Hey, there's someone waiting for you in the house." And he's so excited. And then his dad is the biggest deadbeat you've ever met. I mean, I'm serious. Like, it's like, 
it is heavy to watch because he's like, hey, kid, I, I know I said I was going to take you with me the next time I came home, but uh, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to travel. I got to go north and can't take with me. He gets out and he sold his. He's like, well, Dad, where'd your truck go? Well, I sold it. Uh, trade it for this motorcycle. It's a lot easier to travel with. And basically like, hey, remember what I said? How I'd come back and take you? Yeah, no, your dreams are crushed. And it's like brutal. Joseph Gordon-Levitt does a great job of staying upbeat in that role. How many times on this show have I ripped child actors, Phil? Uh, like every other episode. I cannot. I cannot stress to you folks. I cannot say any bad things about any of the child actors in this movie. Huh. And Disney is great at it. Probably because underneath Epcot Center, like I've said, put your, put your tinfoil hats on. Like I've said, underneath Epcot is a cloning situation <laughs> there. They have the Bieber, they have the Bieber thing here on one side. They have the Timberlake uh, uh, portal thing here on this side. There's the Britney Spears, the Aguilera uh, sections of the of underneath Epcot. This is all true. I've heard this on many uh, conspiracy shows, uh, and probably he's just been <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just perfect, <laughs> perfectly made out of that because he is a unbelievable like. He's an unbelievable child actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, some child actors are just cute mm-hmm. and can't act, right? Some um, have this ability, Heck, can act a little bit, but, you know, it's, uh, did I do that or some catchphrase? <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt has got it going on, and that's probably why he's been able to transition into a great actor as an adult, Scott. That and his role in Third Rock from the Sun on NBC. But unbelievable. And I remember my I, I remember watching that and he had he was one of the first uh boys I'd ever seen on television that had longer hair. And he had longer hair. And I remember and it wasn't like I was like, why has he got longer hair? Blah, blah. I was just like, that's just different. Like it's unique. Because at that time, boys are gonna have short hair, girls are gonna have long hair and blah 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 blah. But and he was great on that show. He's a better actor on that show than French Stewart was. And French Stewart was the comedy relief. But he was so bad, French Stewart. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> he's also really good in Inception. And he's also really good in um, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. He's Robin, basically. Which I would have accepted him as Robin in a, like, or Nightwing in a, in a Robin movie. Anybody? No? Oh, anyway. I would, yeah, I would. That'd be totally good. That, yeah. Anyway, so there's the jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm not going to rip on the child actors in this movie. Wow. I am going to say that again. Uh, they they do some wonky theological stuff that doesn't. If you're really if you're showing up to this podcast for your theological fix, folks, you're probably in the wrong spot. But I can say I don't think this squares up uh, with anything other than angels are helping out God, right? Yeah, I mean that's about it. I don't know that. See, this is where you'd have to get into the conversation. Does God assign specific angels to people? And so that nowhere does it say that. So I don't know. I don't know that he cares that much about baseball. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> um, when it's a tight pennant race, they have very strict rules. The championships have to be. <laughs> this is really real, Phil, by the way. They say this in the movie. <laughs> the championships have to be. Can, angels cannot intervene in championships. That's, That's the rule we have. That's what Doc <laughs> Brown says. That's the rule we have. Angels can't interfere in championships. <laughs> what? 
Okay. That's why the Angels have never gotten to the championship. <laughs> I guess it, I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's prior reason. So, um, very good. So, they, uh, dad has basically cast him aside. He goes to, how does he end up? He goes to, Maggie is his caseworker he lives with. She takes them to some sort of a youth ball game day at the park. They're able to go and get in for free. Uh, while they're there, he sees his first angel in the outfield. It just shows up, right? But before that, he prayed when, uh, whenever his dad, his dad went before his dad rode away. Folks, his kid's not looking good. I say I'll be, we'll be a family again about the same time the angels win the pennant and the angels are way in the cellar, way in last place. Like, like again, they're terrible, right? Yeah, they're terrible. And this dad is terrible. His dad, like, does not deserve <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. Unbelievable. <laughs> so he rides away. What's he pray to God? Scott, what does he pray? I say, I th- he prays that he wants his family, to, or he wants to have a family. And so he prays, God, if you'll, if the, if you'll put my family back together, you'll help the angels win the pennant. I believe something like that. Yes. Uh, please, God, whoever you are, wherever you are, please, if you were really there, let the angels win the the, the American League. I almost say the AFC. The uh, <laughs> American League. And, lo and behold, or the divisional pennant. I don't think they could. You know what I'm saying? All I know is that those prayers of mine went unanswered when I was a kid because the Cardinals won Jack when I was a kid. You know who says that prayer every year? Grant Youngsma. He <laughs> prays it about the Cubs every year, and it's actually worked. It's unbelievable, guys. Mm-hmm. There's so many jokes my whole life about the Cubs. never They're never going to win, and then lo and behold, they've won one. Won one or two. They've only won they've one. They've won three. They've won three now? No, 1907, 1908, well, no, 2016. I meant, I meant 2016. <laughs> I, I, they didn't return and do it like the year after or anything either. So That's a Cardinals fan shot at the Cubs. Go Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so dad rides away. He prays that night. He gets to go to youth baseball day at the park. And uh, he's there. He sees his first angel pick up Matthew McConaughey. And uh, all right, he, he actually picks him up. And then Matthew McConaughey goes, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> As he flies through the air. That's a joke. And he flies and catches this ball. And it looks Ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he catches it, and th- no one can believe it happened. And then there's another one where the catcher, the really big catcher, that does not look athletic whatsoever, <laughs> hits this home run, and, like huge, breaks the bat, the ball explodes, and the cover comes off of it. it it's like a mar- it's all these miracles that are happening, right? I mean, I know they weren't going for baseball accuracy in this movie, but still, you got to at least honor the game at some point. <laughs> well, and. Uh, so, later. so the angels are helping the 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 how do we the celestial being angels, not the the players yeah. are helping them win every game. Like, um, are they ever losing? The ones at home. Remember. Now the away games, you're led. To, you're you're told. Listen, we're, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna watch the. the I'll watch the TV screen. This is really oh, lame. Oh yeah, because they didn't want to waste the cost of having to go to another park and do it. They're like, listen, on the away games, you're gonna have to watch the TV screen basically, and then I. Stay by your phone. You call your phone, and you can be somehow patched into the uh, to the uh, bullpen phone that's in the uh, dugout. Yeah, and you can tell me what, what who do I need to play. So like um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, his character Roger may see you like. And there's a moment where uh, Mel Clark, who's played by Tony Danza, is is standing there. Uh, and Adrian Brothers happens too early in the movie too. Gets in this back rub, 
from an angel. Okay? No lie. And um, he's like, you got to play him right now in this moment. He's our worst, Adrian Brody. He's our worst hitter. He's our worst hitter. We can't, so I can't, I can't, I can't uh, put him in for my best hitter. No, you need to do it because the angels are rubbing his back. That must mean we've got to play him. And he does it. And then there's this fluke scenario where the ball, <laughs> there's like 17 errors on one play and they win. And so from that point on, and then how did he get a hold of, oh, picture, they had a, they had a photo opportunity after that game with the, with the kids day. Um, he tells him, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt tells Danny Glover, the manager, listen, I see angels and this angel picked up Matthew McConaughey and he, uh, gave, uh, the catcher, he made him knock the ball out of the park because he, you know, he helped him. He's like, I can't believe that, but it looked so weird. And then Matthew McConaughey's like, well, it felt like someone was picking me up. And and so I, I, you know, it didn't, I can't believe I didn't make that play. So what happens next? He takes, he goes to... Uh, his house. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. To, to the take, boy's house. To take the picture back to him. Okay. So it didn't seem so creepy. Because that's another underlying thing where, like, nowadays, there's this guy, and I'm, I'm standing, folks, it's a kid's movie. I'm not trying to make it whatever. But, like, this guy is like, hey, these kids, I'm going to hang out with these kids, and <laughs> I'm going to drop them off at their house and drive them around, and here's, yeah, here's all this <laughs> stuff. Like, it's just a weird, other adults around him would be like, why are you... Why are you doing this so much? You know, one of those, but it's a kid's movie. So. And they legitimately live two blocks from the stadium. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But let's, let, let's get in my car and go two blocks. Okay, we're here. That is true. He drops them off once in the uh, California Angels uh, tour bus because JP can't ride in a car because his mom and him used to live in a car. And so it's like PTSD from living in this car, you know, so... And then uh, he drops them off in the van at one point. And the bullpen cart. And the bullpen cart. So funny. Which are making a comeback. Which I love. Yeah, it's great. It's like this cartoon helmet cart. Anyway, so there it is. Um, we will go uh, to it's, break. It's okay. Just, We're just gonna, we, yeah, you we, know what? For you guys listening, forget the break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got excited about telling, telling I know, about I I got excited listening. Sorry, Justin Gordon Levitt. I got excited hearing you talking and then seeing him listen. Uh, exactly. Well, <laughs> so Roger is the only one that can ever see. Yes, he angels, is. Right? And he cannot tell anyone technically about these angels, even though he does. All or, the time. Or they'll go away. Like the whole rule is, listen, uh, Doc Brown goes, listen, you can't tell. I may try to do a Doc Brown impression. You can't do, you can't tell anyone about us angels or we'll go away. Okay. All right, Marty. Okay, Marty. Okay, I won't tell anybody. Hey, guess what I saw? No, I know. These angels are helping the team. And everybody's like, the whole point was not tell anybody, kid. Anyway. Also, random fact, Disney movie, Angels in the Outfield. Actual team, California Angels. Disney movie, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Oh, Actual that's true. team, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Mm, that is true. Weird. Weird. All right. Let's hope they don't do a football movie. Uh, yeah, no one wants the Anaheim team. I, maybe the Raiders might want a home out there. <laughs> or the Rams. Or the Rams. They could care less. Um, so um, next, we then basically, it's basically the montage of the movie. Everything's going great. They keep winning. The papers are flushing. The Angels keep winning. Angels got a, a help from a, help from above. Heaven's got a little friend of the Angels. That's a winning streak that even God would be envious of. <laughs> You mean that Jesus kind of Christ can't hit a curveball? Exactly. Ball? Yeah, there's things where you're like, "What's happening?" The papers are spinning, and oh, 
It's like a it's like Newsies only without music. I like it has music, but it's very generic. Uh, so they then um, they're closing in. They've only got like two or three games left, um, and everything is going great. He, they have two games left. They find out on the second game what happens. Do you remember? The second. What's game. Roger have to go do? What's the important thing Roger has to do? He has to miss a game, Phil. Does the, it's something with his dad? Yeah, he's got to go to court. That's right. The he court, thinks, yes. and again, this is the part, folks. I'm going to say this out loud. You might be able to go watch uh, this on YouTube currently. You might be able to. Allegedly. Uh, you might, and it's actually not a bad version of it. Uh, just telling you. So um, Supposedly. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, anyway, so you can go watch it over there. But what was I saying? I had a great thing the I was saying. Court scene. Court scene. They have to go to court. Joseph Gordon Levitt's character. It's so sad. Even then, and this is very true to that scenario. I'm telling you right now, he shows up. What's he thinking? Dad's going to take me back with him. My dad's going to be here and he's going to take me back. That is heartbreaking. Like it's hard, it's hard to watch because he's just acting his little. Face off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, dad. Hi. And his dad is like, been in court signing papers, basically releasing himself from being a dad to this kid. And he's want, his kid's wanting to hug him. And he's like, hey, hey, like half side hug. And it's like the saddest thing. I mean, it's the saddest thing ever. Like Miller was like, uh, he's, he cannot, Miller can't believe because, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's a kid and I'm, I, you know, uh, being a parent is the tippy top like it's the best and having a kid is the best and have having him and being able to be around him all the time is the best so it's like i can't imagine that and he can't imagine a world where anyone would be like why wouldn't you want this kid why would you know and so anyway so he's basically like heartbroken there and he misses the game which is double heartbreak and uh so they and they lose. JP JP can't see angels either because he's like, I bet I can see some angels. He sees the sun glistening off this one guy's hair at one point. He's like, I think I see an angel. Oh, oh, I don't. I see angels. I see nine of them. Oh, so sad. So then he, uh, so then uh, they lose. JP's crying outside coach's office, and then the evil. What is his name? What's the manager? What's the guy's name? It's a weird name. Walker, not Walker. Uh, la la la. I gotta find it. I gotta find it. I'm sorry, guys. I gotta find it. R- Ranch Wilder, played by Jay Sanders. Uh, Ranch Wilder is this former manager, but he's the radio commentary guy, and he sees JP crying. He hears a conversation between the manager, uh, Coach Knox. Played by Danny Glover and JP. What what was he talking about? What about what you're helping him or his angels or and he basically is like, Well, you know, um, you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt, he can see angels, and uh I can't see angels, but Joseph couldn't be here, and coach gets all of his advice, um, and then gets all the pitchers whip whip average, and he gets the players on base percentage from uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and so he does whatever Joseph Gordon-Levitt tells him to do. 
really? Oh, do tell. And Snidely Whiplash curls his mustache. And then he's like, uh, well. And then the next day, there's a story in the paper about it. About how Coach believes in angels. And the, and literal angels are the uh, reason they've been winning. And so the coach, or by the way, the owner in this... what. Do you remember what anything about the owner? What was special about the owner? I don't remember anything about the owner. It was uh, he's got a what on his head? A cowboy hat. Oh, because because, of Gene in, because in because every movie about any sports organization, folks, is some oh, I, oh I'm a, a Texas oil man or <laughs> oh I, I made all my money driving cows across the plains. <laughs> oh now I'm a baseball owner. I do declare. Every one of them. I feel like every manager, every owner of something has to be from Texas, but then supplanted into California. Anyway, he's like, well, Coach Knox, we're not going to have you around anymore because you you're, you believe in angels. You're, you're saying this is real. And so then they have a press conference, and uh, everyone just believes Coach Knox because he's like, you believe in luck or faith or whatever you believe in. Maybe there are angels that saved the day or through this or whatever. And then Ranch uh, Wilder, the snidely whiplash character, is like, well, do you really think that angels could possibly do this? And then Maggie, the uh, social worker, stands up and is like, I believe in angels. And everyone in here does, too. Slow clap. (laughs) And we're all clapping at the end. Yeah, let's go win the pennant. And then they go out. Tony Danza pitches, uh, and uh, his arm's about ready to fall off because he's pitched 180 pitches or whatever it is, 156. And they all, Joseph Gordon Levitt, by the way, now they let him be in the dugout with uniforms on, and they're all flapping like Since angels. Since that's legal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, and then um, they, uh, they win. They win big at the end. So is this? An but the Angels did not help. By the way, the Angels could not help in the championship. Oh, okay. So they won legitimately then, right? Um, For a movie, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the announcer guy is, is the bad guy. The he closest is, thing to a bad he's guy. He's the only actual bad guy in the movie. Wow, weird. Uh, it's very, but it's very eighties and ni- early nineties. Like I felt when it, do you guys agree with this? Like yeah. when you watch this, I it's like a they don't make movies. I'm not saying they, they don't make movies like this anymore. Like like, it's the greatest movie ever made, mm-hmm. but they don't really make movies like this anymore, where it's like, everything is positive, everything is an episode of Full House. Everything is an episode of Full House, yeah. where everything's fine, and the worst thing that happens is Comet the Dog runs away for a couple minutes, and then he comes back, and everybody hugs him, and everyone says, you got it, dude, or, you know, one of those numbers. There's music playing over every situation, like like Bob Saget is on a knee talking to, talking to DJ Tanner, you know, and... It's just they don't make movies, and there's a couple. There's a couple camera shots. I said this to Amanda. I'm sure she was like, "Okay," like that they used in this that they don't use camera shots like that. This very two dimensional still flat shot thing that they don't use, and they use everything in angles. If you watch movies now, a lot of things are just like flat out angles. Like this is like this flat static TV, but with movie camera thing. It's not appealing to watch to look at. Does that make sense? So like. It's weird. It's weird. Very much made like, I don't know, like how they filmed Revenge of the Nerds or something. I don't know. This Very is, 80s. You know, Scott, you mentioned Mighty Ducks. Is This is kind of around the same time. Mighty Ducks would have been <clears throat> after this, but maybe just like three or four 
years apart. Yeah, but do we even see sports movies anymore, Scott? Not sports movies like this. Like like a, like a like, list some list some sports movies of, of the around this time. Or, or around oh around the time the Angels down. You can go eighty five to ninety five and think about what what goes in between. So like Little Big League came out, Rookie of the Year came mm-hmm. out, Little Giants, Little Giants. Came can we out. we talk about other sports too? By the way, um, I thought the Mighty Ducks movies all came out before around the same time as this two. At least the first two. The, like the Air Bud stuff. Air Bud came out. Because it fits oh. into this stuff, too. Mighty Ducks came out before this movie. Yeah. Ed, yeah. Ed came out during this time. Okay, I think that Mighty Ducks feels more contemporary than this movie. I feel like this movie feels a lot older to me than Mighty Ducks. And you're saying, it, yeah, I'm looking right here. Before it. In 92, I could sit and watch Mighty Ducks and be like, Mighty Ducks is pretty darn good. A League of Their Own, is another, that's actually yeah. true. Uh, in our live chat. Uh, League of Their Own isn't as much for kids, though, right? I think it was... Wasn't it PG thirteen? Yeah, and it was, and in my humble opinion, it was really good. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the big green, the Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot. The yeah, sand exactly. Lot. And so, like, like they don't really make movies the way they did. I and mean, I'm not saying the way they did. They don't make movies uh, with these kind of themes and the way they're done anymore. And I know that, like, as a society, we value much like just different things. But like, I also know that. They spent thirty million dollars on this movie. They probably with a with a lighter cast could have done it cheaper, but then they get in the other shoe hole kind of situ- situation. You're right. This this kind of was like a fad for for Disney in in the nineties. Like they just did sports movies for kids. Did it start with Mighty Ducks? What were the What do you think the first ninety two? What, what do you think the first Disney sports kind of movie they did? Because they had. They're hitting all their, you know, all, all the movies on there. Like, yeah, I, they did hockey, they did soccer, they did baseball, no, like the football. I don't really do a football. Little I mean, Giants, it's not. Disney, remember is the it? Titans? Is that is that that's later? But yeah, it's that's later. later. That's early two yeah. thousands. Well, yeah, it came out in two thousand. Uh, Little Giants is Warner Brothers, so it's not, and it came out in ninety four, October ninety four. Very not very similar, but but it's that same theme, like that same feel. I I, did, I just I, I've never thought about that, but it, it was kind of like an era <laughs> for them. To do those, and they well, were all team centric. They weren't like individual centric. A sports movie nowadays is done from the view of one person. Yes, yeah, true. Not the team. And someone's yeah. trying to tear them down, or yeah. the coach is the, an idiot, or they, you know, what I'm saying they, 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 whatever. But, but also, like, what was the other one I just thought of too? I had another good one. I forgot. I'll remember it later when I'm driving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just calling in the show. It's true. I'll call in. We'll take some callers now. Caller number one on the line one. What you got? Um, but very good. But very, very good. Scott, what do you think about this movie on a scale of one to five horribles? One horrible being uh, pretty bad. Five being uh, melt your eyeballs. After rewatching it, do you think it was horrible? It wasn't. And as, be honest. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. It's cheesy. Yeah. I mean, it's cheese central. The cheese factor and some of the continuity stuff yeah. uh, in live chat. Um, uh uh, David Dumb as Knox has also said that too on some co- continuity stuff. Uh, Truck Stop mentioned a couple things too. So, like in the live chat, we've we've said that they've said that too about some continuity things. Um, that paired with the cheese, paired with um, just some of the characters are just kind of over the top at times. Yeah, but I mean, it's not as bad. I mean, is it something I watch with my son? Yeah. I'm telling you right now. I, I watch it with him. He'd well, enjoy it. I watched now here's how this worked. I watched the first ten minutes of it. And I was just gonna kinda watch it and he was playing a video game or something. And I was like, Hey, 
let's go let's go in the living room and watch this movie. And we sat down, and he and Amanda and I watched it, and we're all like, this is great. And it was like weird, like, because, again, in my eyes, if it's on the horrible scale, it's a one, right? Because it kind of won me over. Like, I've, <laughs> I've never, I've never on this show, I've never on, I've never on this show uh, done that, where it, this movie kind when won you back over. Like, in my mind, it was like, oh, this will be bad. And then I'm like, because I remembered it not being very good. Which, but now as I get older, I'm like, ah, some of the values in this are pretty good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You literally felt bad for Joseph Gordon-Levitt and JP and the other foster kid there. And all these people are struggling, trying. You know, they're doing stuff. So, I don't know. But I know. I'd give it a two. Good. You're okay on the timer here? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of going back for this, like. I'll explain later. Well, I thought we were it was Inception or something. Is there a top spinning here? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I said so many positive things about Joseph Gordon-Levitt that now there's a top spinning, and we. I don't no. want it to fall over. But def- um, definitely two. What, were you yeah, th- I, I I I have a hard time. I have a hard time giving it a that bad of a rating. Is it funny? Like, I don't know. It's not trying to go for comedy necessarily, but bonks on the head. You, do you yeah. find bonks on the head funny? I did in 1994. Yeah, but but do you now? <laughs> This is not no longer 1994. On today's, you couldn't dial this up and send it out and it be like the way they did it. But you could probably reboot it and maybe make a movie out of it. I say that they probably will. Like they probably, I, I say that and it'll probably become that. It's already in post production. It probably is, but it'll be, you know, aliens and it'll be about, you know, I don't know. Who knows the Trade Federation. Uh, the time for these kind of movies definitely is past. I think I, I just don't. I don't see kids going to a movie like that nowadays. Well, very, very good. I, I am, like I said, I have a hard time. Good to this movie. The some of the moral stuff in this is pretty positive. I think it kind of shines some light on foster situation. That's not changed. I, uh, Scott, mm. Bill, and I, all three of us folks, are in education, and we're around. A lot of different tough home situations too, and foster situations have not changed. Like I'm sure the the system has probably maybe been fixed at some points, but I there is still a lot of tough stuff. So anyway, there's my PSA for the day. Um, let me say this uh, before we get going. I want to do a couple listener shoutouts before we get to the end of the uh, radio edition. Uh, I ran a little thing on uh, our Facebook page. I said, uh, "Tell me your." Uh, tell me a movie you were disappointed in in the theaters. Uh, Jennifer and Jeremy Vandy even both said Glass, which makes sense. Interesting. Uh, Chris Updike said Lady Killers with Tom Hanks. Said it was horrible. And uh, I guess I appreciate you uh, tagging in. If you have a horrible movie, tell me about it. All right? We'll see you in a second. All right. So let's continue talking real quick about this. Um, best sports movie uh, that you can think of, Scott, go. Best sports movie I can, th- best movie I can think of. I like to remember the Titans a lot. I like the story. I like uh, We Are Marshall. Oh, I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. And I like uh, the one I really like the most out of any of those. I'm a big uh, college basketball guy, so I like Hoosiers, mm-hmm. but that's just me. I love Hoosiers. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, um, let's let's really. Uh, kind of uh, come together as a team. Uh, it's going to be hard work. And can you hack it? And if you can hack it, then you can be part of our uh, our group. You know one sports movie that came out around the same time that 
fits sort of in this same mold, but it's you know based based on a true story is Rudy. Mm. Came out in '93. Uh, it is one movie, ladies and gentlemen. I cry every time at the end of that movie. Every time. Every time, Phil. Like a ba- not like a baby, but I tear up. When Rudy gets in, here's why. And I know people that, you know, there's a bunch of people that are like, well, that, oh, it wasn't completely true or blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. I understand that. But he worked his whole life. Well, one, he played high school football. He was undersized. He get, he ends up in the job force, ends up getting to finally go to college after hard work. His family helps put him through. He helps put himself through. And then he works hard. And the culmination of all that work is a literal one minute, basically, on the field of a game at Notre Dame. A, a, technically a meaningless game, but it's so inspiring because your dream is this. You work so hard to get to it. Even for the smallest amount of time, you get to do it. It's beautiful. It's 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 inspiring. It gives me chills to think about. See? Check them out. It gives me chills to think about. Um, I, it, that kind of stuff pumps me up. Sports movies. That's why it's inspiring. Do you have anything else? Oh, see, the one that does that for What's me, the one? same thing as Miracle. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. You have a great speech. Back away from the microphone, and I want you to give the speech. <laughs> You've given the speech to me so many times before football games, by the way, folks. Scott and I coach football together, and he will give this speech. Like We'll be playing somebody really good, and he'll, he'll, he'll basically compare them to the uh, Russians in 1980, a hockey hockey team. Go. I am sick and tired of hearing what a good hockey team the Russians have. Screw them! <laughs> anyway, so we hear that about all the local teams that are really good. I love it. So anyway, uh, do you have a favorite sports movie, Phil? Producer Phil? I'll be honest. I'm not a big sports movie fan. I, like, I, I don't gravitate. Toward, I, I really haven't seen a lot of them. Um, would you consider boxing... Like a boxing oh, movie? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I love the original Rocky. It's movie. awesome. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I, there, there are so many movies that exist only because Rocky exists. Like, and I'm not even talking about boxing movies. Like that movie created the montage, created the, oh. you know, zero to hero, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Stallone is phenomenal in the, the movie. I, I think it's maybe his best role still, uh, you know, that first movie, um, the relationship between him and Adrian and, um, just how you're just like rooting him for him from beginning to end. Like you just, you want to believe this guy can do it. Um, that, that movie is a classic. It will always be a classic. Um, along those lines as well, another movie that I, I forget about sometimes and I'll watch and I remember how awesome I, how much I love it. Cinderella man with Russell Crow, yeah, Russell Crowe. I yeah. almost said Gerard Butler. It was Russell Crowe, and it's it's similar Rocky story, very very similar. Yeah, but it is like that gritty work work to uh, to make to your dream to stick around to make it you know to to make the impact you've wanted, sacrifice for your family. It's beautiful. It's, it's lovely. In fact, uh, very good. Well, Scott, what have you been into lately? Is there a, a book? A movie, um, a maybe a podcast. Yeah, I know you, you and I talk about podcasts a lot. Uh, anything you can think of off the top of your head. So this last week, having to drive by myself. Yeah, it's been tough out there. 
Uh, I've listened to a lot of the Marty Smith's America podcast. Oh, yeah, very good. From ESPN. Yeah. Love that stuff. Um, recently finished a lot of, so for the classes I teach at school, is all middle school, so I'm reading a lot of the younger adult literature. But I'm serious. If you guys like historical fiction, Alan Gratz is awesome. He wrote a book called Refugee we did for class. Uh-huh. Excellent. Uh, and I'm starting to read his newest one, which is called Grenade. All historical fiction, all World War II stuff. Cool. So good. That's awesome. Historical fiction, is there time travel in it? No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, there's not. It's a little too much fiction. We're sending you back <laughs> to take out Hitler and his Nazis. <laughs> with with these lasers. Wait, what? The year is 3,500. 30, I mean, how in the world can I get sharks with freaking lasers <laughs> on their head? Sharks with lasers. Uh... Phil, is your name is Phil, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, first time listener, long, long he, time how listener. How long has he been sitting there? I don't know. I I just noticed him. Uh, long time listener. For, I'm, I'm really just the laugh track for most of our episodes. Long time listener, first time caller, Phil. Uh, you're on uh, the line. Uh, tell us uh, your uh, thing that you've been into lately. What is there a podcast? Maybe you've been listening to a uh, new TV show. Maybe an old TV show you just got back to. Maybe you. Um, just want to sit there and eat your zots. I'm not sure. I do like zots. That's, They're good. That's what I've been into lately. Um, uh, so I've been uh, listening to the Ron Burgundy podcast. Okay. And, and now, now I, I sent you mm-hmm. a text and said you should listen to it yes. as well. Yes. Have you listened to more than just the I first just episode? I just listened to the first episode. And okay. I'll tell you right now, the first 10 minutes, I almost... Turned it off. Oh. I, I was just it's like, rough. I can't listen to him do his... Scotch, 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 like for 10 minutes. Like, but then you know what he did? Here's what the genius that he did. He was talking to his assistant or whoever, what's her name? Carolina. Carolina. And uh, he said, Oh, okay. I, I don't, I guess I don't know what a podcast is. Um, okay. All right. Well, call her. So let's go to the, let's go to the phones. Uh, call her number one. Call her. You're on line one. Go ahead. She's like, and she was like, There are, there we are no more. Live. And is- she does the, her character on there is this. Very NPR. Oh, uh, well, um, you know, you know who, who you know who uh-huh. is? It's it's Steve Carell in what's her face from The Office, the secretary. Um, what Pam? What now? It, it, this is that, that their relationship. I'm just saying. oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm thought, not saying I it's think the Carolina was, no, 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 no. was Pam from The Office. No, 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 it's 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 Pam. Jenna Fisher. Yes, it's Jenna Fisher and Steve Carell's relationship in a podcast. Okay, that's good. It, well, it absolutely is. Every, uh, every time she talks, I think it's three. Her. Is he four episodes in? Three. And ha- was yeah. the second one and the third as, one enjoyable? As we, record, as, as we record this, it's three. By the time this comes out, it'll be four, I think. But, enjoyable? Yeah. I, so the second episode that you, you haven't listened to yet is um, him interviewing the real Deepak Chopra. It's not someone playing him. Like, it's it's real deep. Oh, my gosh. Like, and then uh, the third episode, um, uh, they they talk about Christmas. He's just like, it's like coming out in February. He's like, he's like, Let's, the theme for this episode is just Christmas. Oh, actually, four four episodes as of right now. Because, no, no, is Deepak the first episode? Deepak's the second one. Okay, I, I did see that one. Deepak, uh, we've, we've covered a movie that Deepak was in um, yeah, you have on the show. Way back, Love yeah. Guru with yeah. uh, Paul Huff. Which uh, Deepak plays it totally straight. Like, I mean, it's it's actually fascinating to listen to. And then the, this last week's episode, as we're recording it, um, he did. It's 
the name of the episode is the top 10 women of all time. Just oh, my w- gosh. W- women <laughs> in general. And it is really funny. Okay, well, I'll, so, I'll have to tune back now, in then. I will say this. The Christmas episode fell flat for me. Like, it, I don't think it was very funny. And that's um, the fourth one? That's the third episode, okay. if I remember correctly. Uh, the fourth episode, top 10 women of all time, has RuPaul as a guest. Oh, gosh. And it is, it is a fascinating, <laughs> hilarious episode. All so, right. if you if you like Will Ferrell... Especially his earlier Will Ferrell stuff, because I don't think he's been as strong in the last tech decade, really. But um, early Will Ferrell is definitely present here. The guests, I think, are awesome that he's gotten so far, uh, with the exception of episode three. And um, the um, the humor is like, you'll you'll either love it or you'll hate it. If you, if you listen to the first three episodes and you're not having a good time unsubscribe i don't think it's gonna get gotcha. any better than yeah, that gotcha. um but if you listen to the first three episodes like i didn't love them i i'm hooked like it's it's a great show it's awesome so yeah okay um well scott thanks for coming in today you have anything else you'd like to tell our listeners uh would like to talk about our podcast quickly yeah uh tune into interstate of mind our podcast the only podcast that we know of recorded on an interstate so you should come, not us standing on the interstate while we that drive. That would be so horrible. While we drive on the interstate. So and safely. And we drive safely. Like, we drive safely. It's not like we're, you know, holding a phone, talking into it. Like, it's stationary recording. Uh, but it's very good. It's fun. It's it's all ad-lib. Like, it, that, that's kind of the thing about that show is, like, just having fun. It's if, just fun. It's somebody, playtime. If somebody listening is like, well, what kind of show is this? Would you describe it as a comedy show? Uh, I would say it's close to. I mean, maybe you find it funny. I find it fun. I, I It's just fun to just to make up stuff as you go along. Um, we've done like 50 episodes. on 48. We're, look, next week, actually tomorrow, 49. As of recording time, 49. So mm-hmm. by the time you hear yeah. this, it'll be 50. But um, it's basically just improv. Like it really is. Yeah, the I best mean, thing I can describe it as is just flat yeah, out improv because yeah. I'll spit something out and then Scott or if Paul's in the car, we all just kind of, I would, I would here say we go, we're just going to talk about this. I, I listen, I listen to every episode and you guys do a great job with the show. I would say half of it's comedy, just, you know, spitballing, just, it, it is literally, I think the genius of the show really is um, that it literally is a commute conversation like, like it's literal like it's not yeah. like some made-up yeah. thing we're literally I mean, driving to the you, road if you've ever commuted with somebody like carpool with somebody to work or whatever and and just had like funny conversations just as you drive th- that is literally the show um the other half of it i would say is sports because you guys do talk about the cards yeah and, and that's that, that's the thing that we all three are into yeah so it's it, it would be cardinals chiefs i know you guys talked about a lot about the chiefs especially during playoffs yeah um don't break my heart again well, well. I ju- I've just gotten over it. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, we've talked some some wrestling on there too. Which wrestling. We, we yeah. all kind of like wrestling. But what else will you guys talk about sports wise? Uh, that's about it, right? That's about it. You probably uh, won't cover a lot of basketball. We don't talk a lot of it. We have a little bit. A little. A little yeah. bit. So, but but it's just like the NBA. I, I haven't watched it a lot. College basketball, maybe when, yeah. once it starts to heat up. But right. I say that <laughs> it's almost March Madness. <laughs> you see what I did there? Once it starts to heat up. All right, folks. Uh, we'll let you go. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Scott. Thanks for coming on. Philly, you're the best. Yeah, dude. Better than the rest. It's fun. You know what? Tell uh, Beauregard, uh, Felton Beauregard, uh, that I told you about him, and he's going to give you free chicken leg. Thumbs up. Wow. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Reach for the stars. Follow your dreams. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Unless it's, apparently, Angel the Outfield. Because it won me over. Not too bad. It won my heart. See ya.
The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorrormoviepodcast.com.